Hello. Hi there. Hello. Welcome to Hello. No, I'm just joking. Hi, Maddie. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We're back again. We are back. The people are demanding it. We've been away in our bunkers, getting our gaming in, and we have a lot to cover today. So we're going to have to be quick and, and cover these critical gaming topics. Um, Maddie, I'll start with what I've been playing recently, which is Metroid Dread. And I don't think you've had a chance to play that, right? I probably won't play it, but yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. interested in it. I think from my impression of it was when it was revealed, um, what was it, like a Nintendo Direct? Or was it, it was at E3, wasn't it? E3's... I guess it was like the E3 Direct. E3 show. Yeah. And um, we were watching it. And, you know, me and John were watching it, and we were sort of talking to each other as it was on. And it got revealed, and I was like, oh, well, cool, a new Metroid. And then as I was looking online, the discourse was like, oh, my God. They finally did it. It's Metroid Dread. And I was like, what's Metroid Dread? And um, do you know about this? The history of the game? I had I, I knew like that freight like the, the title, um and I remember seeing that like a really long time ago. I was like, Oh yeah, like that I needed a reminder because I don't really remember what was known about it other than the title. Mm. So it was like um heavily rumored to uh, in like two thousand and three or something like that. For DS or something. And then it just never appeared because it got cancelled, but Nintendo don't don't say if it gets cancelled. They just don't bring it out. And then it was... Yeah, they dug up some of Samus's old tweets in my right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they... I think they tried to do it again. And then they cancelled that again. And, and now they've sort of revealed... I think Sakamoto is the sort of lead designer of the series. And he said, oh, the technology could not achieve my dreams. Or whatever. What Okay, what's with this franchise, though? Because... This is a franchise where things get pushed canceled. Nintendo is guilty of this a lot in general, but Metroid in particular, it's like a lot of delays and cancellations and things like that. And then when the games come out, it's either a old school Metroid game or a third, like a first person shooter prime game. Like there seems like it doesn't. It's really confusing that there seems to be like this huge ambition, and then when they come out, they're kind of in one of those two, other than other M, which I've never played, which I know you like. Um, yeah, but, I think it I think with 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 Metroid um they don't sell that well, so I actually think there's not a course. huge pressure on. Which is something I didn't know until a few years ago that that it's not a very high selling series in Japan. Um, that's the hard thing with Nintendo in general though because so much so many of their franchises are popular aesthetically like uh pop culture wise and I think it's a lot of it is just them being in smash or something like mm -hmm. there's a lot of franchises that are just like people know the name metroid and samus and stuff like that and like oh fun fact it's actually a girl not a guy under the suit like there's a lot of like i feel like a lot of people are aware of it but yeah like how many people are actually out there playing metroid games like i'm sure prime sold pretty well but like not yeah it's not even close to mario or no. zelda or any other big fra franchises um, and I mean, like, what is like Nintendo's like third franchise, like after Mario and Zelda? Like, I don't even know Pokemon, I guess. Yeah, although they only co-own that, don't they? So, yeah. But sure. but um, no, you're right. It's like with Earthbound, how many people have played Earthbound as opposed to have played as um, 
Ness in. Ness, yeah. And Smash. But, so I, I, yeah, Other M, I guess, was like a huge sort of critical flop. And I think it was a yeah. sales flop because I bought that. That came out in like 2010 for Wii. And I, I think I bought it for about £5. Which for a wow, Nintendo, Nintendo, game, Nintendo game, yeah. Um. So anyway, that was kind of my first impression. The game was was just meh, another two D Metroid, which is funny because there's not that many. <laughs> there's like there's really not. There's like no. four or five. Um. So the last one was Samus Returns for three yeah, DS, which is by Mercury what? Steam, who did this. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was I played that one. I I owned that one, and I didn't like. You saying you don't, you're not going to play the Metroid, new Metroid, uh, is not hater speak. I no. am the same way where I just don't really vibe with Metroidvanias a lot. I played Samus Returns and it was okay. It, I never got really far in it because the same issue, just I got lost and uh, couldn't really figure out how to progress. And I'm sure if I went back to it now, a little more uh, Metroid uh, trained, I would do a better job with it. But I really like this one though. I really like Metroid Dread. It's way, way better than Samus Returns. It has a lot of interesting decisions that, as far as I know, haven't been in, in Metroid games before. Um, the combat is a lot more. It's a lot more combat heavy, and the combat is pretty challenging. And there's stealth elements, and that it makes it feel like a survival game in, in a way um there's there's a lot going on in this that were like pretty bold choices and it's like definitely this thing we talked about recently of just this trend of hardcore hard games coming out that mm. makes like certain people lose their minds and get really angry because I, I think there was like a tweet by the god of war first god of war director david taffy that was like oh, this yeah. is so stupid gaming is being ruined by these difficult games but I, i'm i'm really excited by that and i think this one just has a lot going for it. I think art-wise, it's great. Uh, I was a little underwhelmed by the graphics when I saw the trailer, but like in motion, it looks really good. And it just has a more interesting, fun world to traverse through. And I would say that the a couple of the elements that were really emphasized in the reveal, like the stealth stuff with the Emmys, mm -hmm. Uh, the robots that sort of stalk you when you enter certain areas and you have to just avoid them. I think that was maybe a little overblown because those areas are just certain segments of the game. And like, honestly, I've died on those so many times because like the stealth just isn't that fun or interesting to play. So I want to, I can, I can jump in, in here because I did play the demo. So oh, you played the demo, yeah. Yeah, I played the demo. And there's a, those Emmys are in the demo. So the dread aspect of the game, like, you know, the namesake is these stalking sort of enemies that are, that are sort of unbeatable. You can't beat them, but it requires a kind of impossible level of skill, right? No, I don't think you can beat them until you, like, get, you unlock something later in the level. Oh, uh, right. You need to unlock you can You can avoid getting killed by them right. with an impossible, like, because they do like we'll corner you and you have to like parry their attack but i think it only works like one or two percent of the time right so what was the just to rewind a bit why did you get this game like what was the reason i don't know i just like am a little bit of a i got caught up in the hype hype i guess and just i was just like mm, maybe this one is a good one yeah the response was really really strong 
Yeah, it was super positive in a way that like Samus Returns wasn't even, and mm. um, it just looked cool. Like I liked the sort of spooky, I, like the idea of like a sort of spooky atmosphere in one of these games, and like it seemed a little more. There was a little more going on than just like the typical Metroidvania structure. Um, it turns out it does just straight up have that structure, and it's just one of those games. But um, it does introduce some interesting elements. But I think the stealth element that you're discussing is. Probably the one that is the least impactful, I would say, just because it's in smaller segments of the game and on the level. And basically, you enter these zones where these robots are stalking you. And once you're out of them, you don't have to worry about them at all. Once you're in them, you're just like trying to get out of that area as fast as possible. So they end up being pretty limited. Other than the beginning, I think it's pretty hard to like figure out how to navigate out of them and like what you're supposed to do when you're in them. But like the whole like, unlocking an invisibility mm. power up that like allows you to i i never ever do that in the game really other than like i was required to a couple of times um mm. because i don't know it just like doesn't the game is actually like very if you want it to be i guess very fast paced and the action is very fast paced the combat is very fast paced it's a lot of parrying and jumping and and um combining like grappling and uh, there's a lot of different elements that combine together and I'm sort of like zooming through these spaces and even in the stealth areas, I'm just trying to get out of there as fast as possible. And if you're just running at full speed, you can get away. So mm. I don't really dabble in the, the stealth element that much because there's really not that much in those areas other than to avoid dying. Right. So when I played it, and it's a fairly meaty demo, um, you get a couple of upgrades, you kill the first Emmy, and then I think the game tells you there's like six or seven more, you know. Um, I, I, it, it's important to sort of clarify that the stealth is not sort of slow stealth. It's, it's more like sort of movement stealth. So you don't want to be in the line of sight of this, this enemy. And it reminds me of, so this is complete conjecture, right? But I'm thinking from, uh, from the Sakamoto designer guy's sort of perspective, he's imagining this Metroid game. And he's thinking, imagine if some creature was just hunting you for the entire game. Huh? But like then Mr. when you X actually, whatever, yeah. exactly like Mr. X from, from Resi 2. But then I think in practice, if you were to be hunted for nine or ten hours, it would be absolutely awful. Yeah, it would suck <laughs> shit. It would suck so, so bad. And so, like, yeah. it's very frustrating because the stealth like barely works. And it's so easy to get caught if, you, if you're trying to do the stealth. Basically, like, every time I would try to do the stealth, I would get killed probably 90% of the time. And then every time I just try to run away, I'd get away most of the time. So yeah, that would have been brutal if it was just like constantly having to worry about that. It does add like a little bit of tension in those segments, but yeah, it would have been what, really so unbearable. Where's the tension come from? So I think that, so it's a segmented sec, sec, uh, sort of section of the level, right? That they exist in. And yes. once you go off the, when, when I was dying in the demo, it was putting me back at the beginning of, of that area that had the robot yes. in it and so i was just thinking it's it's really difficult to sort of strike that balance between you want the tension for the player you don't want them to lose too much because that sense of progression in metroid is really important you know that you're kind of like upgrading samus's suit and blah 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 blah, blah. but then i i did feel like the stakes were quite low and then what happens is i think you can kind of become uninvested in the entire 
conceit because it's like it becomes almost like I don't know, like an annoyance or something. It gets reduced. Here's the to thing: just... you're exactly right. You're exactly right, and that that's how it kind of bears out over the course of the game, which is. People are talking a lot about the difficulty of this game, and I honestly, I'm a little bit confused by it. And this is not a brag because I'm not good at these <laughs> games at all, and I'm not good at 2D uh, action at all, like in general, like combat or whatever. Like, especially since this isn't that tight, it's a little more loosey goosey. So, um, but people are talking about how hard it is, and there's some elements of it that are, that you know uh, are hard, like the boss battles are challenging. But in like a really fun way where it's like you beat it like the, the second or third or fourth or fifth time, not like mm. Demon Souls-esque. But the stealth areas seem to be like what people are talking about with the difficulty. But I've died a lot of times in this game in those stealth areas. And it does not, you're right, it does not punish you at all. So it kind of feels like more of a, like you're doing like a Super Meat Boy type structure, right? Where it's just like, okay, I'm going to try doing this. Okay, I died. I'm going to try doing this. Okay, like there's no like feeling of like, oh shit, I died. This is like sending me back. And like, I think the game would be a little bit annoying um, if it was structured like that, because I don't, maybe it just shows a lack of confidence in those stealth areas or that stealth gameplay that it doesn't punish you so much for dying in them. Mm. Uh, but I think that's justified because it's very easy to just accidentally die and a lot of it is just like luck of the draw where you walk in and if the guy's like two feet away and you like stumble uh you just die immediately and it has mm -hmm. very little to do with you know how good you are at the game um so yeah there is like a little bit of a, a weird balance there where it's chat quote-unquote challenging but it doesn't really punish you for anything so it just feels like more of an inconvenience right so do you think the game would be better if and this has been sort of um uh, hypothesized by fans of Resident Evil where they they say what if Mr. X could follow you throughout the whole game? Now I know I yeah. just said that but what I mean is you have this kind of random AI that can just yeah. pop up randomly and then you have that sense of dread throughout the entire game because you don't know when this person's going to turn up. I suppose it doesn't really solve the issue of well when I die it's going to put me back to where this, this um, enemy turns up or whatever. But I think yeah, it, uh, yeah. It, it did feel to me like an obstacle course, not like, oh, my God, the enemy's here. It's more like yeah. you enter the rooms or the, the sort of the areas and there's a sort of um, a color fade on it or something. You know, it's like, oh, you're in the, the dark zone now kind of thing. It's still you're I mean, completely right. Yeah. Um, in terms of the way it's structured, it, it it is interesting in that, like, what I like about how those areas are structured and, like, the, just the core mechanic of just, like, I just need to get through this as fast as possible because there's no way to win those areas. Um, you just need to find a way out of it and, and navigate out of it and get to the other side. And as much as that doesn't work as stealth gameplay, the thing I like about it is it forces you to engage with the mechanics of the, I don't want to say platforming, but, like, the, the movement and the the various power-ups and things like that. And they have to just do them as fast as possible. So it does absolutely mm. feel like an obstacle course, but I think it does kind of, it, it also kind of taps into what I like about the game a lot, which is the core mechanics and shooting and pairing and, and the various uh, power-ups. The, the mechanics are so strong mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like you're just traversing through the space, like just trying to unlock it in terms of just like identifying areas, but actually just like interacting with the, uh, different 
gameplay mechanics and it's really that's really satisfying so being forced to do that very quickly is is really fun um it just doesn't work as like a stealth game or or the dread element of it like there's nothing like when people go like this is the scariest game nintendo has ever made like what the fuck are you talking about like how could you possibly be scared by this game does it have like sort of an eerie vibe because i like that the art is very like bright and colorful in a way but also kind of drained of color in some aspects it's it's a really cool balance and the music is sort of mediocre other than the theme for the robot enemies, which is really creepy and strong. So there's like, I can see it having a sort of eerie vibe, um, but there's absolutely nothing like it does not feel like a quote unquote horror game in the slightest. Like I was way more scared playing prime or whatever, or being like, Oh God, this world's so grimy. Yeah. And gross and, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting. Like um, I'm probably not going to buy it because I will get lost. And yeah, it's, 50 quid so i don't want to get lost in that kind of game <laughs> but um i am interested in it's the sort of the series development as an action game because i went back to play um i think it was super metroid so one of our friends that online was playing super metroid and sort of doc, sort of giving updates on it i'm just like oh man this game is just it's as good as they say kind of thing now i've never beaten the game so i was i just jumped in <laughs> and i was like ma she controls like shit in this, yes. because you forget that it did. It wasn't. It didn't really begin as a as that kind of series. It was an exploration series and kind of thing. And you got acrobatic mobility upgrades and stuff. But when you play Dread, um, it's like Other M, and Other M was like the Ninja Samus kind of vibe, and that was developed by Team Ninja, who did Ninja Gaiden. So it was you could see some of that DNA and like the extreme mobility and like. the the pace of the game so when i picked up and tried the demo for for dread i was like wow yeah this is feels like an action game but obviously it's more than that but i'm just interested in its development now because um, for sure i'm guessing this is a success so it will go further in that direction yeah i I wonder because the thing you mentioned about like having an enemy stalk you the entire time um I don't, it would not work with how the game is currently structured, where it's like, it does seem segmented into combat and, you know, these obstacle course type, you know, dread areas. And if the guy was randomly popping up in the combat areas, it just would completely break the game because you couldn't possibly carry out the combat while avoiding, like, it's it's pretty much impossible. Um, so I'll be interested to see, like, because Nintendo has been doing this recently where they will be like, hey, we're releasing this thing that just has this one really interesting mechanic. And that's what the entire game is based around or like is a big component of the game. Mm. Um, but then it doesn't end up actually being the most interesting component of the game, mm. um, which is what happened with, you know, we can go to our next topic, which is you've been playing, uh, yes. got around to playing Mario 3D World. And that was the same complaint I had with Bowser's Fury, which is the add-on for that game that has, it's like a sort of experimental open world Mario platformer where every platformer platformer where everything is linked together um and then there's this overarching thing of bowser can show up in any minute and just rain down hellfire on you and you have to avoid it and then you have to like fight him and that's just like this randomly inputted element of the game and that part i think was really bad (laughs) and then the rest of the game is really interesting which is the same thing i had with with dread yes so um let's start with bowser's fury I was interested in, I was kind of sort of mildly interested in 3D World since it came out, which was like, what, 2013, something? 
Obviously, I did another Wii U, and then it got released on Switch what? finally. Okay. <laughs> it got released on Switch. Was it two years ago? Maybe it was a year ago. I don't know. No, it was. It was. Was it this year? <laughs> oh, because you got it when it came out, didn't you? And we covered it in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it came out for Switch this year, or was it last year? Know. Yeah. I, I guess 3D World. Just quickly, it's like isometric four-player. A sort of isometric, I don't know. Four-player, multi, 3D multiplayer Mario game, right? Bowser's Fury yes. is much more like Odyssey, Sunshine, um, 64, 64, with a fully controllable camera. But there's a, there's the power-ups and stuff from 3D World uh, are in Bowser's Fury. And what, what? how long would you say the game is? It's like maybe three or four hours or something like that? Maybe, yeah. Not like, yeah, probably like three. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with I agree I I you know it's a this is a tried and tested formula kind of thing um there's shines for you to collect and there's platform and obstacles and there's a bit of freedom in how you approach them and so I like yeah. uh, hidden nooks and crannies and shit like that and then Bowser turns up and it starts well actually first of all it starts raining and you're like yes, oh Bowser's gonna turn up now he turns up and when he does that some of the level will change. Um, so for example, like certain platforms might appear that kind of alter the level. And then he starts <laughs> raining like beams of fire at you. Right. Yeah. And they're fucking hard to dodge, man. Like there. And then what you can do is you either collect the shine and he'll go away. Cause it'll like shine up bright lights on the area and he'll like go away. Or you can just wait it out for like six minutes and you'll go away. I like the idea of it. It's the Me kind too. of thing where for the first four or five times it happens, you're like, this is so cool. And then it'll just hit a cliff edge and you'll be like, fuck off, man. I'm just like, this isn't fun. Because the, the thing is, it, it, the challenge that occurs is the same every time. Yes. Because I guess it, it doesn't help that the world is pretty much similar. So it doesn't. Like throughout, so it doesn't really change how you interact with these various areas. It's just like, okay, I'm just gonna like run around in circles for a bit uh, and wait it out. Or this is the conversely, thing. I don't know, I forget at this point, but how do the boss battles unlock with Bowser? Is it after a certain amount of shines you collect, like yeah. you can actually fight him? Yeah, so there's a giant cat bell that you need to approach. You need to unlock the cat bell by getting a certain amount of shines. And then when he arrives, if you go to that, that giant bell on the map, you'll trigger a boss fight. Mario will turn into a super big cat Mario and you'll have a yeah, Godzilla kaiju fight. Battle. Kaiju yeah. battle. Um and yeah, I I like so I like this kind of the idea of adding a random variable to a Mario level, I think is for sure. Super interesting. It's just limited in this form. Which is an experimental yes. form, right? It's like a bite-sized experience and stuff and there was one thing that i thought please don't ever do this again if you do this like nintendo which was around the map um, if you're listening right. <laughs> around the map there's these bowser blocks right and they can only be destroyed by by bowser's fire so you'll be going through the level and it's sunny and you're like there's a bowser block make a mental note because when he turns up i need to go back to that block um so he can fire a beam at me I can jump out the way and he'll destroy the block and I'll get the shine. So on paper, you're like, oh, that's cool. It's like another sort of way to play the game. Yeah. Quickly, though, it's like you said, 
you're just waiting around the block. So like it, it becomes it and it, in a Mario game, pointless. I literally would leave Mario to like fall asleep by a block because I'm like, well, I want to clear this area. I've got one shine left, and I need Bowser for it. And so then it becomes that variable is just annoying. You just want him to show up. You're dependent on him being there. I think any kind of gameplay system where it's like, I'm dependent on Bowser being here for me to do this thing. It just doesn't yeah. work. It just doesn't work. See, it's different from like, let's say, an area in a game where it's like, oh, like Metroid, for example, where it's like, oh, I have to unlock this power and return to this. This is like, there's nothing to return to. You just literally just wait it out at any point. Yes. You can unlock it. So there's no sense of progression. It's just about patience. Yeah. Which is a bizarre feeling in Mario because you, you basically never stand still. And Mario, that's the whole point. Um, but I was thinking as I was playing, I was like, okay, so imagine they kind of tweaked this and upgraded it and, and fixed parts of it and stuff. Now, I was like, well, what if there was a the new 3D Mario had like a weather system in it? And there was like storms and snow, a bit like Forza Horizon 4, um, which I'll talk about later, the fifth one. That, <laughs> had, a, that had like seasons in it. So every week or so, it changed season from like spring, autumn, summer winter and it like slightly altered the map and i'm interested in this idea of you're going through a stage and if it was to start raining it gets slippy but you know whatever you can imagine different scenarios and stuff for sure but but i do think in mario there needs to be i don't know i'm kind of struggling with what the aim what like the end goal would be. To everything yeah, no just kind of like what is the actual benefit of that if something gets slippy so it gets harder? I don't know. I'm just thinking it can't gate any progression because when it gates progression, you end up having to wait. So that's kind of like the main flaw of the variable thing. I don't know. But it was fun. It's, I had fun it's with an it. interesting experiment. I think the game is... There's some elements of it like, oh, this could be very cool of like um, a map that's entirely interconnected. Because it is like open world in a way that no other Mario game is. Like even like sixty four, uh, Sunshine, uh, Odyssey are all like they have like the quote unquote open Rome Mario thing, but the it's separate worlds that it's like has yeah. a pseudo overworld to it. Um, and this it's literally all connected, where like all the platforming elements are on the same map. I guess the limitation with this as well, because of the modest scope, is that it looks kind of samey and doesn't mm-hmm. really have a great vibe to it to me it just sort mm-hmm. of was like generic water world and there's some things where it's like oh and this is a snowy area or whatever but it doesn't it kind of all looks the same mm-hmm. uh it feels the same uh, but it's good like it plays well it uh it is an interesting experiment but i think like yeah it does feel like they have to make a decision on some of that stuff because if they just like do like an expanded version of this like it's just like all right okay i don't know across nine hours it, yeah, like it's like the dread thing across nine hours it'd be awful yeah. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of being awful across nine hours, you played 3D World as well, right? Fucking hell. <laughs> it's not that bad. I like it. But... No, that's so funny, though. It's So, yeah, I, I feel kind of bad because, like, Flo, Flo bought me this. Um, <laughs> my partner bought me it because I was like, I really want this. My card's not working, which was true. My card wasn't working for some reason. I was like, can you get me it on your card? And she was like, yeah, I'll just get you it. I'll just get you it. And I was like, aww. Um, and then... Also, there's another game I want. My card's not working right <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, I was, uh, yeah, it's just not very good. 
now this is what i've been saying and i've been losing my fucking mind yeah about how everyone talks about this game and it's like as if i got a different copy or something and i played this game originally when this when the wii u version came out i know we talked about it i was like mixed positive on it when we last spoke about it but like after that i play i replayed 64 i dabbled in odyssey again and i'm just like you know what fuck this like it's yeah you can talk about it because I just okay. I have so much else to say. So it's kind of like the the spiritual sequel to Mario 3D Land, which is on 3DS, and that was the first Nintendo's first attempt at incorporating 2D kind of design into a 3D Mario. And so it's not, yeah. it's like an isometric. Um, what would you call it? What's that thing that you call? Uh, fucking I don't know, but. You can turn the camera, but it's not fully 3D, and it's like a coarse layout, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't like 3D Land. I thought it was really fucking boring, but let's just skip that it. and quite simple. You liked it, and it was it was very novel at the time um, because the difference, the thing with 3D Mario since they've ever been made was that Nintendo's sort of solution to changing the Mario formula and stuff was that you would find stars within the map whereas in 2d mario it's a course so it's from yeah you get from a to b and at the end there's a flagpole so in 3d land there's a flagpole at the end of the level but it's in 3d so that was kind of like the big thing about that game yeah it's cool and then it's good yeah and then 3d worlds like that but with four players which they've done with new super mario brothers wii and the common criticism of that game was that it was like New Super Mario Brothers, but all of the levels were like really too spaced out. Like the obstacles were too spaced out because they had to accommodate um, for the potential that four people were playing the course. Whereas most of us nerds, yes, it's just us. We don't have any friends, so that kind of fell down. Like that. The sort of um, I think in terms of like the consensus, New Super Mario Brothers Wii is like not at the top for that reason. I think the main thing with this game, and obviously, like, the caveat is, like, I've only played it with Flow for a little bit, and it's incredibly sort of, I don't know, it's very, it is very novel to be playing a Mario game with someone else. I think just... For sure. You know, there's there's a kind of random, chaotic, sort of fun aspect to it. It barely works, but it's, like, charming right. in a way, yeah. As a single-player experience, I, I do think this is one of the most boring yes and sort of just ultimately flat and sort of disappointing yes. 3d marios that there is i think it's worse than than sunshine it's hard to compare them yes. because they are doing different things but just as a single player experience i got to the end of the main campaign and the way that they're all structured now is that the main campaign will be sort of designed so everyone can complete it and then the post game will be for the nerds so yeah. There's an expectation that I'm not going to be sort of super thrilled by the main campaign, but it'll be fun, you know. And I and in this one, I was like, oh man, I just cannot wait to get to the post worlds because this is just boring. It's just like yeah. they approach the game in the sense that every single level is like a different, um, has like a different concept in it. It might be that the blocks turn on and off on a timer, so it's like red blocks and blue blocks, and they like. They kind of appear and disappear on a timer and stuff like that. 
And the whole game's like every single level's got its own thing. So when people like it, they're like, oh, it's so varied and imaginative, and there's all these different ideas. But the application of the idea is boring. It and it reduces the scope of the levels. And then the and then the other thing, which I think you mentioned a lot when you were discussing it, is having a 3D Mario that can't do that much shit. As in, like, he doesn't triple jump. It, the, the entire game is on, I think, 16 directional input. So it's not fully 3D input. It's 16 different directions. That eight, they can right? Move. I think so. It was, I think it was eight in the Wii U version. Oh. And they upgraded it. Because they also made every single character faster in the Switch version. Which helps, by the way. Like, because the Wii U version I was pretty negative on. And then this one I was like, oh. But in comparison, it is slightly better. But yeah, absolutely. Like, that was the same criticism I had with with Galaxy, which is probably the closest Mario game it is to this. Because Galaxy is kind of structured as, like, levels, really. Like, it's not really an open space. It is, like, courses, kind of. But I guess there's like more of a sense like those are fully designed around one player, so they're a little t- they're much tighter and um, and focused. Uh, but like Mar- Galaxy Two has a lot of the same elements you mentioned about. Uh, let's say there's levels where like oh you go to this level and it's all like these things that are switching on a timer, or as soon as you step on a block it vanishes within two seconds and things like that. But I really I, I'm I'm pretty mixed on Galaxy One, but Galaxy Two is really good with those things because they are pretty challenging and it feels like way more of a pure platformer and because you have control of the camera and because um you know it's it's it just feels a little bit faster it it has a totally different feel from this which just feels kind of clunky mm-hmm. and then i forgot to mention what i probably should have mentioned first is that and this is this is something i think if anyone was to try this game you will be able to kind of relate your experience but when you start this game try and sort of jump underneath a block which is like the most sort of the fundamental mario thing is hitting a block with your head getting a mushroom starting a level right in this game it's fucking hard man it's hard to hit blocks it's hard to kind of perceive where you're gonna land and that's one of the reasons why they've put this sort of directional movements in it is that if you hold up if you hold up in 64 like he might like skew to the left or the right a little bit you know kind of thing because it's yeah. fully 3d you might not be holding it at a sort of 90 degree angle but in this game if you just hold up mario will like lock into a straight line which is a concession that they've made because the camera fucks the game up yes the camera hurts the game in every single way <laughs> Like it's so I've died so it's many times insane. on just the most basic jump platforming. I've like died and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like this isn't and it's not kind of oh I'm better than this, it's just that's Mario shouldn't be like uh, but this. we are though. We're fucking sick at these games and I'm not yeah. good at that game. I'm not good at it at all. Because the same thing, like it's it doesn't feel precise or designed to be precise at -hmm. all where it's like you're moving and it feels like you're like either it almost feels like there's like a delay on everything just i don't know why but it just feels like whatever movement you're making it's like slightly behind or you're not even you'll make a jump and then it'll switch the camera afterwards you're like what what was that Uh, like the, the camera management as well like you'd think the camera management 
the sort of micromanagement as a player would not really be a thing because it's so zoomed out and stuff. But the amount of times I had to sort of knock it left and right to see where I was going. And I think, yeah, that is the main thing because I, I, I was also playing Mario Maker 2 and I went back to Odyssey and was... And the thing with those games is that they really kind of sort of crystallized the appeal of Mario, which is when you truly do get into a zone with that and you trust your decisions and you can go really, really fast. Because the thing, going really, really fast in Mario is actually quite difficult. Um, and that's where a lot of the satisfaction comes from. So I was getting into zones on those where I'm just like in the flow and it just feels really, really good. And I never got that with 3D World. And if anything, the harder the levels got, which I was asking for, the more frustrated I was getting. Like in the post worlds, I was like, I just can't do this, man. It's just not. Or, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, there's not that sense of like Mario 64, like I have complete control of everything I'm doing. And like, I just can't get that last coin. I really want to fucking get it. Mm. And this one, it just feels like, oh god i have to do this thing i guess like yeah there's just like something it's just all off i don't know they fucked up (laughs) i think they fucked up and it makes me scared though because i think like i don't know like galaxy was like this and then odyssey wasn't and odyssey is like you know we've i've talked about how much i love the game and you you have some issues with it and it is like also very easy in the main game and things like that but it's just like so fun to move around in that game mm-hmm. even if it like needed more platforming elements and things like that and it starts off way too slow um ultimately you still have that joy of like i want to reach that area i want to get like this shit they talk about in e3s and stuff like that's like oh you want to reach that like gamers want to reach that area that they can see over the horizon like, that is what mario is and mm-hmm. that is how it feels with odyssey and 3d world it just feels so sluggish and limited that I don't know. It doesn't. Ha- it just feels like a completely different game. Yeah. I think had it been the last one that was out, I'd have been and I'd played it before Odyssey. I'd have been like, "Oh man, come on, let's not do this kind of thing." There was, um, but now that Odyssey has come out, and and I did kind of go back to it, and I got maybe to like the sixth or seventh world, and I, I messaged you, and I was like, "I'm sorry for shit talking this game. I think I've done this <laughs> off the podcast." <laughs> I've been shit talking Odyssey for like six months and being like, it's actually not that good, man. Hat and yeah. time is way better. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was really just that I don't like the first few worlds. I think the first few worlds are very boring. They're really easy and flat. Yeah, like they're literally flat. Like literally no but platforming. Really, I have changed my mind about it. It's it's very, very good. And I even like the moons now. Let's go. Um, because so just to wrap up on Mario, I think I read somewhere someone was talking about like what are the sort of three pillars of Mario kind of thing. And I think two D is a little bit different than three D, but in three D, I think that kind of the discoverability aspect of it, where you try things to see what's going to happen, you explore, and and often the world will react to your exploration. And I think that's the main sort of. Um, design ethos of of odyssey what if i throw my hat at this oh i got a moon from it so if i try it on this maybe it'll work you know all that kind of thing yeah and then the other thing is just like just which i guess is kind of similar is just expressing yourself like like 
you're allowed to do a lot of things in that game, like in 64, that don't really have a kind of, um, they're like tertiary movement options, but they allow you to do them just to optimize your movement. So I like the games, very good. Um, and yeah. yeah, 3D World, major flop. Nintendo's <laughs> fucking... Yeah, you're, you're totally right that like, when it came out, it was like after Galaxy, which I was a bit like ho-hum on, but Galaxy 2 is really great. Um, but then I was like, oh God, this is the direction they're going in. And then this was at the same time of all the new Super Mario Bros. I'm like, we are so fucked. They're dead. Nintendo's done. Um, so yeah, Odyssey was a nice, nice breath of fresh air. Uh, but yeah, I just, I hope, I hope the next one is like, yeah, very expressive and fun like that rather than like, sort of like, I don't know, this very rigid, bland design. Shite game. Yeah. But just, yeah, I am going to go back to it and play it with, with Flo, I hope, and, and see how that feels. And then on the next episode, in three months, I will say how good the game is. So that's <laughs> that plan. And then all Odyssey sucks shit. <laughs> um, so, moving on. Last bit of, yeah, we have a last game we need to discuss. And this is really the biggest game, actually. Because it signifies a huge shift in, in the gaming industry, which is that Xbox is back. It's back. Xbox back. They've had a hit. They have a hit game. Uh, John, immediate reactions. They have a hit game. It looks like a new uh, era of gaming is on the horizon. Mm. Um, What's the name of the game? That's what they named it. Yeah, that's the name of the game. <laughs> uh, I'm shook. I didn't know Microsoft still released games that people wanted to play. And this could unravel the entire industry as we know it. Yes. So the game's for Forza. Is it Forza? Not Forza. I'm not fucking Italian. Forza. Forza Horizon 5 for Xbox and PC. On yes. Game Pass, day one edition. Um, 92... Metacritic must play badge. Must greatest come. greatest racing game ever made. Um yeah. So I've been playing that a little bit and I liked four. So four was like was on Game Pass 2 that also released on Game Pass. I think it was on the major sort of temple Game Pass releases back in the day, three years ago or something. Um and that was like back a sort of back in the day. And it was sort of a pleasant surprise. And the main thing about Forza Horizon, really, that defines it, and what I think gives it a kind of um, a sort of crossover appeal with non-racing fans, and one of the reasons why I think it's at like 8 million players or something, is that this new one, is that um, it's just incredibly freeing and liberating in the way it's being designed. And um, there's really no gates to any kind of play style and it's also very sort of um sort of like positive feedback sort of loop kind of thing it's always just throwing shit at you like wheel spins to unlock new cars you'll just get like you play it for an hour you'll have like 15 fucking cars that they'll throw at you so the game's really fun it's it's pretty gorgeous i don't think it's the best it looks incredible. game there's a couple of things about it like popping and stuff I'm playing. I'm actually playing at 30 frames per second. The lighting is just breathtaking. Oh. Yeah. What the fuck. 
I went back to 30 frames because the 60 and the 30, but 60's just got too much. The trees are just popping in in front of you, man. Shit. And I was like, ah. So I went back to 30, and it's still there, and I think it's like an engine limitation. I mean, to be fair, like, you're moving at, like, what? Uh, like, sometimes 200 miles an hour <laughs> through this sort of, like, uh, jungle world and stuff. So there's a bit of popping, but the lighting, man, the lighting's like a next-gen moment for me. For sure, yeah. it looks man. incredible. Like I, I, I definitely want to play it. You've uh, played them though, haven't you? I, I have not played any of the Horizon ones. I play. Mm. I loved uh, the first three Forza Motorsport games. I think it's better than Gran Turismo. Uh, I'm like not the biggest racing game guy. I, it's funny. Um, we both don't drive, <laughs> so. Our opinions are very swayed by we don't like we, we'd be the type of person that says like it makes you feel like you're actually <laughs> driving a car, which I'm not sure what that feels like, but I imagine. Um, but that's no, but I, I love Forza Motorsport a lot. Uh, the first three games I play them all pretty uh, for quite a bit, and I love them. And, and Horizon's a more arcadey game, uh. Yes. But it seemed really great. I played a little bit of, of one of them, and I, I really enjoyed it. So it's a great franchise, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if you'd like this. I think you might like it. So the driving, it is more arcadey, but it has a sim um, base to it. I would say it's, 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 it is a sim, and it leans, and it's more forgiving. It's not an arcade yeah. racer like, you'd, I don't know, Hot Shots Racing or Daytona. It's not like that. Um, Ridge Racer. Yeah, Ridge Racer. It's not like that. There's no Nitro, which is great because Nitro ruins racing games, I think. Because you're yeah. just always waiting for the, the Nitro. So It literally only works in Burnout, I think. It's the only yeah. Where it, it works. I think the, the main thing with these games is like the structure is just crazy. Like the structure the, the kind of isn't a structure. Now, the, fair, the main criticism of the fourth game was that the lack of structure, the lack of sort of sort of forward momentum you're constantly being congratulated you're like the goat mm-hmm. when you start the game everyone's like you're the fucking goat and you're at level one it's that kind of game and the setup is that the forza horizon festival has landed in mexico or it's landed in england or australia let's go guys let's set up let's set up forza Dirt racing over here, and then fucking drag race. It's all that. Yeah, um, and you're a whole new world of racing. Yeah. And there's like trance music popping all everywhere, and everyone's like dancing. That's the vibe of these games. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what to really say about. It. There's so much to say about it. I actually wrote down some notes. Let me have a look. We'll keep this in. I know you really like it, but I think. What you said it's it's not quite as positive as the best racing game ever. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well praise. It's been great. I really liked four. I had, I even bought the DLC, so Shit. Yeah. So but I at the back of my mind I was always like, This is kind of like it is sort of like a popcorn movie. There's something about it that feels very fast food. Um yeah. It is that mobile game thing, like you will always be unlocking like an accolade or like the thing. So yeah. shit's just popping yeah. on your screen and 
you're always leveling up and getting casino wheel spins. And, and that's how shit. fucking every sports game is, is structured now, too. So I guess it's just following that. <laughs> that yeah, but there isn't, to be fair to them, though, there, there isn't any microtransactions other than, that's like, good. you can buy a treasure map that, like, unlocks everything on the map. Yeah. But mainly it's like car packs and expansion packs. It's there isn't an a sort of microtransaction sort of There's no like gold, silver, bronze cards for the cars. There actually is, but the <laughs> that's more fuck. of a so you'll get a car either through a wheel spin or you can just go and buy one. And I mean like it's not that hard to buy a good car. You'll get I think I got given like a one of the fastest cars in the game when I started it. That's how it's this is how it's designed, like what was I going to say? Right, but there's like a sticker book and they're all color-coded like legendary, epic, and all this shit. Oh, Jesus fuck. But I do want to mention that the driving feels really, really good. The only reason why... Really, really good. Like, very good. The only reason why I'm like, this ain't the GOAT racing game is just because the AI is fucking busted. Um, yeah. I'm constantly... It's always at, been the trouble with racing games. But also In racing game, this kind of racing game where... You can take any car into any race most of the time. There are some restrictions. So it's very, very liberal with what you can, how you can approach objectives, which are like dotted all over the map and stuff like that. So I can take like a Class C car, like a Ford, what's a shit car? I don't know, like a car that you drive in real life, right? I can take that to a race. And then the game will random, will like generate cars for me, for the AI. Based yeah. on that. And this is the idea. It's like, oh, well, that's okay. You can drive in your little shitty car. We'll just make the AI, like, shitty as well. Yeah. But you're like, sometimes you're just thinking, why is... I can't beat them, though. Like, they'll just, yeah. like, speed ahead and stuff. And it's just... There's a kind of... There's a lack of preciseness about that. And you never really know whether it's you fucking up or whether... The difficulty's too high, so you turn it down and then you just crush everyone. Yeah, or if it's like a grinding thing, right? Where it's like, right. oh, like I just need to unlock a better car, then I'll do like it becomes like an RPG or something. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm just gonna do a couple of races and get like third or fifth, and then I'm, get enough yeah. money to get first. Like, yeah, I'm basically stuck in this place where if I turn the difficulty up, I get crushed. If I turn it down, I crush everyone. And that there's sucks. so many variables to sort of the accessibility, like you can turn off traction control. You can do all these things, and I'm actually just kind of lost with where my skill is. Um, but yeah, it's how does that translate to online play? By the way, like, have you been online play? I'm kind of like on average like sixth or fifth. Um, but again, there's matchmaking, so I don't know what it's doing in the background. Kind of sure. thing. I'm in an online online play, whole kettle of fish. Like, it'll tell you, you'll trigger it, and it'll be like, "This is S1 class race off road." So you just frantically, you've got 30 seconds to pick a good car. You'll fucking start the race and you'll be like, oh shit, like their, their cars are way better than mine. So I don't know. It's not very Same elegant problem. in that yeah. way. But the one final thing I'll say about the game is that it really nails this um, feeling of wherever you are in the map, there's something to do. You'll open up the map and there's like 50,000 icons on the map. So this is the reason why I'm saying if you like motorsport, you might not actually like Horizon. Because it's it's for the normies. So there you go. Yeah, I was always overwhelmed by like the open world racing shit and like even like Burnout uh, Paradise and things like that. I was just like, oh boy, like this is like too much. 
mm. yeah, I, I am interested in playing it though because it looks gorgeous and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was telling you that even my mom saw like a segment on morning television that people were playing it. She's like, I saw this racing game. It looks so incredible. I heard it's like the best game. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see if she accidentally buys it for me for Christmas, even though I don't have a series anything. Uh, but uh, I do want to play it though. Between that and Halo could be dropping at any minute. Oh my now, god! Like Halo, could any, be out like there's there's rumors that they're dropping the Halo multiplayer early before the game's the released. 15th. We're recording on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, Sunday the 14th. It could be tomorrow. Tomorrow could be... Halo Day. Uh, Halo Day. Uh, and fucking gamers are losing their goddamn minds. MS coming, MS coming with the one-two punch. Knock him with Forza. And then... Body blow with Forza. And then just completely <laughs> knock them out with Halo. Christmas Sony is, is on their knees right now. <laughs> Sony's on their knees, man. But yeah, so Forza's like it's great. I think try it if you've got an Xbox, definitely. Um actually, even if you don't have an Xbox, you can try a cloud Game Pass subscription for one pound a month. Um for your first month. And that's available to anyone with a good internet connection. All rights reserved. There you go. Well, listen, this is obviously a huge blow to me as the resident uh Sony fan that talked a total of zero seconds today about any Sony game ever. Um, that, that. This is a huge blow to me. Obviously, um, we're in shambles right now. But I will say, the tide will be turning very soon uh, because I believe uh, that we will be releasing uh, a 25-year-old Need for Speed game as next month's PlayStation Plus game, which should even it joke, out. Huh? Uh, is this Hot <laughs> Pursuit? No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're actually going to do that. But like knowing Sony, that will be the release next month. It'll be like Gran Turismo Two for PlayStation One will be released on PlayStation Lol. Plus as your game of December. <laughs> yeah, they don't really have anything like Horizon. Obviously, they got Gran Turismo, which is like Forza Motorsport. Yeah, but they, they don't, yeah, they don't like have like Horizon. an arcadey. They've just, they've just, remember fucking. <laughs> we can't open this fucking can of worms, but Drive Club. <laughs> Do you know what? So this is a lot like, I think, what Drive Club was trying to do with that kind of you're constantly connected and your avatars online. Connect to other Free drivers. to all PlayStation Plus. Yeah, and it's like, do you want to be in a convoy? Just press select and you just honk <laughs> at a driver and you can do a head-to-head. It's like all that kind of thing. And you just, in the act of playing it, you're like, how'd you do yeah, this? Yeah, there's like so many progressions. So like, like one of those games where like you beat a race and all of a sudden you see like a bar go like like level two like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what was that? that that's like, and there'll be shot. another bar that says like XP five hundred like plus five hundred uh, unlock two cards. I'm like what? It's just like Christ yes. Almighty! It's like yes, you have to be a fucking economics professor to figure <laughs> out this bullshit. No, but it's yeah. Drive Club made me cringe with all the <laughs> this discussion of it leading up to release, and then it released and nobody fucking played it. Yeah, they talked about it so much. Like, this is a whole new world of racing with the Drive Club. Like, I just remember like at E3, they were talking about it. Drive Club will change the way we race or whatever. It's like it, it's more than a racing game. It's a new frontier for blah, blah, blah. And then I just like it came out, just like mm, nobody want to play it. 
Well, they had massive so. issues with the servers and stuff, didn't they? Which yeah. actually is affecting Horizon as well. Like, the online's Shit. just, like, connection's just dead, man. But I don't think they expected 8 million people to have so logged in, you know. Okay, you don't need to bra- brag about them. Then. Um, How many people do you think bought a physical copy of the game? That's I'm so fucking fascinated because I'll go yeah. to my local GameStop as I do every day during lunch uh, to see what they got in. Um, and uh, you'll see copies of her. And you're like, who is buying this? Like, right. other than confused moms <laughs> for Christmas, right? Like, so there's a little bit of data in the sense that there was 1.5 million people who were playing it before it came out. Which meant they bought the premium ultimate edition, which gave you um early access. So it, it sold one point five million before it came out. So we know that those people sort of put money down for it. But I think what where it's at right now is like it's just people downloading it on Game Pass, I think. Um, yeah, because like how many physical copies like I think a lot like I, I guess this is like sort of gross, but like I think that and this is me just assuming grossness on behalf of the company, which is like probably a good guess. I think so much of the money they're gonna make with like Halo and shit, it's gonna be people just like buying it by accident. You know what I mean? Like not knowing about Game Pass. Yeah, or it's like... fully on sale on the on the store. If if I click yeah. through the, the sort of game link on my on my dashboard, it'll take me to the full price game and stuff. And I think Yeah, people people just don't get it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh it's a it's a good game. I think it's deserving somewhat of the sort of zeitgeist little vibe it's got going. We'll see how long it's sort of in the conversation for. Um well Sony's gonna have to recapture that zeitgeist real soon with uh <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't even know what's coming up next. It's pretty dire right now. Yeah, they did they have a Christmas game. Death loop, baby. <laughs> that was like in September. <laughs> All, I the, guess it's all like, the kids, Santa, bring me Deathloop, please. <laughs> I think it's Call of Duty, isn't it? Because they do that promotional, they have that promotional agreement. Yeah, but fuck that. Like, they need an exclusive. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, brother. So, like, X- fuck. Xbox One, it's back. You know, we we were wondering what would happen when they get a hit game. Turns out it's just a fucking juggernaut. Um and yeah, it's won the war. So uh it won the battle but not the war. We're gonna see what happens. If Halo is a flop and if they release the multiplayer too early, which will completely blindside me and my fellow gamers and put sink us into a deep depression, the way people are reacting to that now. Um that could be a reverse Death now. juggernaut, like yeah. reverse card that you would get, like Uno <laughs> legendary edition reverse card. Um and that could un- be their undoing. So we'll see. We'll see. If if it if it is a one-two punch, and Halo is a fucking masterpiece, we're sweating over here. I'm sweating. Mm. We're in the bunker, fucking sweating it. Yeah, man. Dark days. So dark days. That's it. Yes. Thank so- you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon to talk about uh, Halo Infinite, in which I will not be playing it, but re- you know, living it vicariously through Maddie. So thank you for listening. Yay. Bye. Bye. Hello, Halo community from all of us at 343 Industries. (laughs) To everyone who played in the recent multiplayer flights, your passion and feedback and spectacular gameplay clips 
inspired all of us as we made the final push to get Halo Infinite ready for launch. As a thank you and to celebrate our 20th anniversary, we wanted to do something special. So let me hand the mic to Tom French, creative director for Halo Infinite Multiplayer. Tom? Thank you, Joseph. On behalf of the entire Halo team, it's my honor and privilege to announce that your Spartan journey begins today. Right now, you can download and start playing season one of Halo Infinite's free-to-play multiplayer beta on Xbox One, Series S, X, and PC. This is the kickoff of our season, and you'll have access to all the maps, core modes, academy features, and the full battle pass to unlock. And your progression will carry over when we officially release the game on December 8th. This is an amazing moment for our team to get to celebrate this as we finally get to release the game and play with you all online. See you online, Spartans. Woo!